Hello, sports fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Bally Sports Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. We have a very special guest today, one Zach Harper. Zach covers the NBA for a number of different entities and is one of the most prominent NBA writers across the nation. I'm super excited to have him on this episode to add some perspective to what the Heat just did in their last round against the 76ers and even get into some discussion about the Bucks and the Celtics. We'll also cover some of Zach's career and just have a good old time. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Miami Miked Up with Zach Harper. And on this episode of Miami Miked Up, it is my pleasure to welcome in uh, one of the must-follows on NBA Twitter, and there are lists out there on the internet that say so. I think I know everything that he does. I'm going to try to list it off here. Staff writer for The Athletic, podcaster with Count the Dings, Sirius XM radio host, and host of Cinephobe on the Levitard and Friends Network. Is that everything? Do you have more going on, Zach Harper? There's a uh, once-a-week show with myself and Amin Al-Hassan on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM. And then um, uh, I podcast for The Athletic as well. Yeah. Oh, podcast! Right, the podcast for the athletic yeah. as well. I I, I was I sort of uh, grouping it all together, but yeah. man, there's some you know a grift here and there on the side. But for the most part, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. A, a man who wears uh, many hats is what we're trying to say, and covers basketball and and other things in a number of different ways. Zach Harper, thank you for joining me. Yeah, a man with many bills to pay. That's what it is. <laughs> a man, a man with uh, a lot of Postmates bills. <laughs> that's that's the way to do it. That's why I keep yeah. picking up more and more gigs here and there as exactly. well. Exactly. You just got to pay for Uber Eats. Uh, right. Well, well, the first question for you, actually, despite all those hats that you're wearing with work, is what is something outside of work recently that has brought you joy? Oh, outside of work that has brought me joy. That's a great question. Um, okay, this is going to sound uh psychotic or something i don't know i had an interaction with a man at uh, my local coffee shop um that really tickled me and so i want to hear about it yeah so this coffee shop uh, i go there almost every day bring my dog uh two of the workers that work there will watch my dog if i like need to go out of town or whatever like they love him all the workers there know him they serve like some some pastries out of a out of a case or whatever and then make coffee and that's a you know that's about it um, so they're not like preparing food or anything like that. So I went in there with with Boogie, my dog, and uh, and I had my my AirPods in. I think I was you know listening to podcast or something. So I didn't really understand what was going on. But guy walks up to the counter apparently while I was in there with my dog. My dog's super chill, like just sit, stands there with me and everything. Um, and, he's, and he cancels his order, and like apparently tells him he's never coming back. Dog shouldn't be allowed in there. Whatever. I miss all this. I miss okay. all this. Like I, okay. I'm not not paying attention. But I kind of like I kind of see him go up to the counter or whatever out of my peripherals like I, I'm aware that he's there or whatever. He walks out. I go. I stand on this back wall like I always do with my dog. My dog sits there. I take my AirPods out to hear when my my drink is ready. And and so I kind of hear them saying like, yeah, he said he's never coming back, but whatever. Who cares? Like, right. Like they're not like stressed about it. They right. kind of think it's funny, whatever. So I'll get my coffee walk out with my dog. And this is like four or five minutes after he left because they were like kind of busy. Four or five minutes after after he left, and and I walk out there, and he stops me. So this dude's been waiting outside for you and he's to like, go out with your dog. And I was like, yes. And, I, and he's like, just so you know, he's like, I just want you to know, I told them I'm I'm never gonna come back here. And I'm like, what? He's like, I told them like they shouldn't have food there with if they're gonna have dogs allowed, oh and they shouldn't allow dogs goodness. because they're preparing food, blah blah. And I'm like, and I just stopped. I was like, why would I care about this? <laughs> And he's like, what? I was like, why would I ever care? And he's like, well, I just, you know, you wouldn't, but I just want to let you. And I said, buddy, 
I said, I'm sure you've been rehearsing this for the last few minutes in right. your head. Right. Not interested. <laughs> like, I'm just not interested. He wants the confrontation. Yeah. And I walked yeah. to my car and he was just standing there dumbfounded. Like, cause you, you know how you get, like you get, I, I do it at least all the time where I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I'm going to say something and then they'll probably say this and then I'll, I can come back with that. Like you just start going through that bullshit in your head. Right. Right. And, and so like, I just know that he was out there for like a good four minutes. Just like, here's what I'm going to say to this young guy and all this, this is stuff. incredible. And, and yeah, how, like, old, how old was this guy? He had to have been in his mid fifties. Sure. Sure. That, something that somewhere tracks. in the mid, mid to late fifties. Yeah. Like, um, and I was just like, but like, I'm sure you've been rehearsing, not interested, walked away, could see him just standing there with this dumb look on his face the rest of the way, drove off. And Incredible. that was it. But that was a moment where I was just like, there, look, however you want, like one, that's one less person in line for me. And that coffee shop does yeah. really well. So it's not like their business is going to <laughs> go under, right? Like they're right. A, a small independent coffee shop and they do really well. That neighborhood loves them. Sweet. So it's one less person for me. And then like, I don't own this. I can't Why would I ever it. care? I yeah, can't believe I'm just like, that. I don't care. Like, go tell them again. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm going home. Like, I got my coffee. <laughs> I can't believe that he would yeah. wait out there and and the rehearsing the confrontation. I'm someone who will do that, but then I never yeah. actually do the confrontation. Yeah. It's like typing <laughs> right. up the email that you yes. want to send to to somebody and then never sending it. I type. I type a lot of tweet replies that I just cancel. Oh. I'm like, I'm not. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, why, yeah, am I, yeah. why am I responding to this? The amount of uh, tweet replies that either remain in the drafts because you're mm-hmm. still like, all right, you know. Maybe if I'm if I'm Maybe. ready in an hour, I'll fire yeah. it off later and then ultimately get deleted. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. And it actually now happens in real life. That was amazing. What what a rebuttal. What what a great thing to to bring you joy this week. That's great. It was just so yeah, it was just it's something where like I yeah, I could probably look like a dick in that situation. But I was just <laughs> like, no, like I know that this and I know it ate at this dude the rest of the day. He probably yeah. taught all all his friends all of a sudden. And it's just like, yep. you know what, buddy? Like, let it go. Just go yeah. to a different coffee shop. There's a thousand coffee shops around there. It's fine. By the way, they all allow dogs. I've been to them. Like, well, it's one thing to make a seat about the the going to the baristas, going to everybody at the sure. front of the coffee shop, and saying, "Hey, right. I'm not coming here anymore." Yeah. But to wait an extra, f- literally, like you're saying, like five minutes yeah. to confront you with your dog, like it's like this whole bit, like you're not gonna go anymore. That's this amazing. only benefits me. Like this is this remarkable. Is, no, no sweat off me. Like this only benefits me. <laughs> Just drive off in the car, yeah. all cool and collected. All right. Well, yeah. that's that's a heck of a place to start. Uh, we are going to now dive into a little bit of basketball here. Uh, the Heat in the 76er series is over. The Heat win it in six. Uh, really a remarkable effort all the way around. The place that I want to start with you is with the guy who dominated this series. It's Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. uh, third in scoring in the NBA playoffs behind Giannis and Luka right now. <laughs> Craziest stat is that he's shooting 36% on threes on yeah. four and a half attempts a game. Uh, his reaction after the game, which was incredible, which was, hey, Tobias over me walking off the floor. Uh, can you explain this? What What is playoff Jimmy Butler? Um, is a psychopath. <laughs> like he's just he is and i mean that in like the most loving way possible yep. like he's he's just a crazy person i'm pretty like, sure kyle lowry's described him the exact same way so it's yeah. not like you're saying anything that the yeah no know. like like anyone like who's played with him in the past that like even has like the fondest of memories about him they're like he's a crazy person it's oh. why like he's finally found a franchise that feeds into his persona because they value a lot of the same things now mm-hmm. he's even if you are in on the Jimmy Butler experience, he's still very grating. He's still very tough to be around. It's a lot of shit. 
talking, you have to be able to take it. Um, it's not quite like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant weeding out people who don't right. belong, but it's like maybe the modern middle management version of that, right? Sure. Like it's like in terms of like superstar history and lore and all that stuff. And and Jimmy's like he's just a dude where I think there are times that that gets him in trouble in terms of play on the court of. I can do this myself. And it's like, yeah, most of the time you can, but you need to recognize when you don't have it. Um, but for the most part, like that's a dude that's just, he will, it's the cliche, like, will you to victory? Like he will yeah. do it. Yeah. He, his mentality out there is so funny because you can see that he, in all of these games, like he is in complete control. And, yep. and as someone who, you know, we watched LeBron James down here, right? And it's not the same thing in terms of the specific skills. Right. But but when that guy is on the floor, you know that he is in control of the game. And mm-hmm. right now, at least from Jimmy Butler through this playoff run so far, that's what we're witnessing. He's the guy who's in control. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned sort of, you know, the confrontational attitude. It, it's when you talk to the guys who are sort of the new guys, the young guys, when it was Duncan a couple of years ago, when it's Max right. Struess and Gabe Vincent. Now they all talk about how like those confrontations in practice are the things they sort of have thrived off of. Like, yeah. especially Max Struess is like, we played one-on-one last year. That's how I earned Jimmy's respect. And so right. it, it, the weeding out element of it maybe is there a little bit. You see these guys sort of cycle through as the other role players. There's only four guys left from the 2020 team, right? Yeah. It's Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, and Duncan. That's it. So yeah. as this all sort of goes along, uh, the thing that we saw from the Heat that that was also so impressive was on the defensive end uh, and the way that they defended Joel Embiid and the way that they mm-hmm. defended James Harden. That effort from Bam last night in game six and, and really all series long was admirable. Um, now they've erased Trey Young. They've kind of erased James Harden, but for one yeah. game. They really slowed down Embiid, despite the fact that obviously, look, he was playing through a number of ailments. Right. A lot of that has to do with P.J. Tucker as well on all three of those guys. So can you talk about what you've seen from the Heat defensively and how you sort of see that going forward into the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, I think you see it most noticeably in in the return in game three when when Kyle Lowry comes back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of the time, I don't want to pick on him, but like a lot of the time when Oladipo's been out there, there is a a lack of everyone being in sync. There's a disjointed nature, right? I don't sure. know that like Oladipo's all like usually been like a good enough or an opportunistic defensive player, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. it's not like he it's not like he's been like Steve Nash out there or, oh, or James good, Harden, right? Yeah, like yeah, he's, he's mostly been a good, been a, good a good defensive player his career when his body yeah. allows him to. Um, I don't know that his body allows him to, even though he's on the court. And I just think there's a lack of familiarity because he didn't really start playing until totally. late in the season, right? Totally. And so, and then with Lowry, his body, you can tell, like he just can't move and he can't move the way he wants to. And there, when he came back in that game three, there were times where I'm just like, I look, look, there's plenty happening out there that I don't understand. I'm sure in terms like I'm not in their game plans. I'm not in their shoot arounds, but I know when a dude's out of rotation, like, I, like, yeah. you know, like, and you, and he, and he was uncharacteristically out of rotation. You could see it was a lot of times with Tyler and, and sometimes with Struess of like, he was supposed to rotate to the shooter. And instead he's like sunk into the paint and it's, and he's expecting the other guy to kick out. And it's just, that's not, that's not how that was supposed to go. Right. So other than those two guys, they're just, it's the, they're on a string. Right, like they know where to be, they know how to rotate, they know how aggressive to be, they know how to funnel. The fact that they're so comfortable, you know, injured or not, the being as comfortable as they were to front Joel Embiid, 
that's a hard thing to do. We've yeah. seen teams, we've seen good teams try to front him and they eviscerate it. Mm-hmm. And some of that is look, Tyrese Maxey's not a great playmaker. He's fine. James Harden is whatever James Harden is at this point. Like <laughs> right. he can still pass the ball, but it, you know, there were some issues there. Tobias yeah. Harris isn't moving the ball. So it makes it easier to front Embiid without those, those great playmakers out there um, who know how to, you know, kind of drop that thing over the top. But that the them going to zones constantly pj tucker being able to guard james harden and set up other areas of the defense max Struess, who has like bear traps for hands out of it's nowhere it seems like yeah it's like all of a sudden all of a sudden he's like this really good all-around player and i'm like yeah. where the hell did this come from but yeah like i mean they they demand certain things out of their players and you can't really be on the team unless you can deliver that or you right. can deliver something else like spectacularly and they just got a bunch of dudes who like know what to do out there for the most part well, that part of it sort of leads well into the next question that I had, because you're, you know, a national basketball reporter here and, and I'm I'm doing things from the local perspective here yeah. with Bally Sports Sun. And so all of us and especially a lot of heat Twitter has sort of been like, hey, why isn't anybody talking about this team all year? Right. Like was sort right. of the premise of why are yeah. these storylines around the Nets? Why are these storylines around the Sixers? And obviously it's star power. But this team has been a one seed most of the year. You have yeah. a team that's 22 and five with Max Struess in the starting lineup, a coach who's made do with a number of injuries all season long. Theoretically, you know, going back to the finals, possibly for the second time in three years. So yeah. what do you think it is that that has made made this not a national storyline? Is it just the lack of flash every single night? Like what what do you believe is has made them sort of this under the radar stellar team? I think it's a few things. Uh, one, I would remind everyone, subscribe to The Athletic because some national writers yeah. who might be on this podcast have been talking up the heat all season That's why long. I'm asking you, Zach Harper. Yeah, and, you know, some people like, uh, you know, not to throw any names out there, but like uh, Mike Ryan who refuses to subscribe to The Athletic <laughs> uh, and says, you know, oh, no one in national hey, media what is talking it's worth, about this way. So for what it's are. worth, athletic subscription here and bought one for my dad for his birthday. And, How about that? And we you thank go. you for that. Thank yeah, you you're so welcome. much. Um, no, but like, yeah. Why do we talk about the Sixers so much? Why do we talk about the Nets so much? Because it's drama. Mm -hmm. Other than that, Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam, Eric Spolstra, there hasn't been a lot of drama. It's dudes who go, they do their job, they do it well. There aren't a lot of like easy, superficial highlights that come out of it, right? Like you kind of got to be a real basketball nerd to like geek out on, on what they're doing. I cut the highlights for our social media, right? Yeah. And so most of what I'm doing is like, oh, look at all these extra passes. Right, exactly. Right? Like, like, I understand that most of what it is is not, yeah. it's not easy, clippable stuff unless you're in it with the heat. So that's right. understandable. Yeah, and so like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, Lee Ellis of the of No Dunks is like geeking out at all the, you know, solid plays and everything, right. like, you know, every night. But yeah, like, it's nothing is spectacular in terms of like flash. And then, I do think a lot of people, based on how last year went, I think it's an unfair assessment, uh, not just for them, but for the Lakers, for the Celtics, for for Denver in last season. I think that turnaround was really hard for yeah. those final four teams remaining Absolutely. in the playoffs. And I think it w- I think that they just, man, you didn't get any rest. You got like eight weeks, right, or something like that. It's crazy. And that's not enough. And, and to turn around and have the schedule that they had, you know, compacted into all that, um, I think it was really hard and the heat fell apart. And so it, I think it's funny because people have like dismissed the bubble season as the one of like, that's the fluke. I think last season was a fluke. I think oh, Giannis in the Bucks, 
they're champs, right? It, like yes. you won the championship, and I don't think we discredit them. Like they're champs. I'm saying everything leading up to that. I don't know how you count it. I just mm-hmm. don't. Like we're making up games. The Wizards missed two weeks of the regular season and had to make it up in the final two months yep. because of health and safety protocols and everything. And I, and honestly, like we we get a couple of years away from this season, we may be looking at this like, man, the first season back, they still had health and safety protocols. Like <laughs> I can't believe they're operating this way. Like it's always right. going to be a learning process. But I think a lot of team, a lot of people looked at really the Miami Heat. And some of us were trying to say, hey, this Heat team's good all year. They want the Bucks. They want this. And yep. I mean, Amin Hassan and I booked, we're in Staples Center in the media room the day before the trade deadline. And all these trades start going around. And I can't remember what the Heat did. Maybe it's when they got Iguodala. It's when they traded for Iguodala, yeah. right? And and I, and I think we, we thought they were going to get Gallinari as well that night. Like there was like yeah. some rumors that that yeah, was going to yeah. happen. So we're sitting in you know, February in the, in the media room at Staples Center back then, you know, we're sitting in there and we, we booked our hotel for the NBA finals in Miami. We're just Mm -hmm. like, look, they're going to be a finals team. Like, this is it. They're really good. And not a lot of people saw them coming. Why? Because they're not very flashy and they're just like, okay, dudes doing their job. That's it. And then when they got to the finals and they beat everybody in the bubble and everything, um, and then lose to the Lakers, I think a lot of people are just like, I don't know if that's real. Right. And I think that and I think that's carried over because they got knocked around last year in the in the playoffs and now it's trying to it's like just kind of peeking your head out like is it safe to believe in the heat? Right. And I just think a lot of people don't consider them because of that. It's funny because in this market you have the Florida Panthers right now who obviously were a one seed this dominant team and and yeah. it's a little different with them they have the whole, you know, lore of not a lot of play, playoff success as a franchise, but right. there's a similar thing happening where both the Panthers and the Heat lost in the first round last year to the eventual champion. Mm-hmm. So it, it was sort of unclear, was this a team that it with a different route is a conference finals team? I don't think that the Heat were. I think that the Heat, yeah, like you I think said, they were spent. based yeah. off that schedule, they were just spent. Yeah. But when the Lakers look like they look this year, it's easy to just assume, oh, it's all it's all a mirage. Uh, yeah. and, and so if you're not sort of watching what's happened and... Like I mentioned before, again, only four dudes from that bubble team are still here. It's a recalibrated right. roster around it. And two of those guys who are contributing and starting almost every night are Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, which is just which is, unbelievable. Yeah. And I was I was looking back this morning, actually, at uh, some interviews that I did with these guys right before the season. And I had asked all of them why this team could be a championship team again, get yeah. back to the finals. And the thing that Gabe Vincent said that was interesting, that sort of stood out to me now in retrospect is that he said, what I think is so cool is the last number of years, the youth for this team has been really inexperienced. It was really, mm-hmm. truly like youth. Yeah. Now, me and Max are the youth, and hopefully we can contribute, but we have experience going into the season, going through what last year was, all that right. stuff. And I was like, oh, cool, yeah, as the eighth and ninth guys, that'll be great. Sure. And now they're the starting backcourt as this right. team is going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But... I do want to stick on Max for a second because you said, you know, how impressive it's been. I mean, back-to-back double-doubles here after not recording a double-double before that. To close out yeah. this series, 20-11-5 on the road in Game 6 in Philadelphia. And defending ISO possessions in the playoffs, it's really small sample size, but he's been better than Marcus Smart, which is just yeah. one of my favorite stats so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Cooper Moorhead put that out there. How how good is 
Max Struess, in your view? How good is this guy as an actual basketball player? Because I've I've started to completely fall in love with him and project him as just, you know, the future of the franchise. I mean, I this is just me guessing. I have no, like, inside info here. I'm guessing if if Pat Riley could swap the contracts of Duncan Robinson and Max Struess, he'd feel pretty comfortable doing it, right? Like, because that's... Look, shooters are getting 75, 80, 90 million dollars now. Right. Like He's Max Struess is a shooter and a defender and he can move the ball a little bit and he can attack off hard closeouts and everything, sloppy closeouts like he is he's really good and you can see that he's just he's still trying to fit in. Right. Yeah. Like I think you can yeah. still see like he's not just playing basketball. He's trying to make sure that he's not doing too much like in a way it's really good because you don't you don't want like last year's Tyler Hero. Right. Like you don't want another one of those because that was a disaster when you can kind of concentrate that more and you, you know, you put some reins on there and like it it focuses that energy better. It's good. But there are also times where I look at, you know, Max gets the ball and he kind of just like looks around to move it rather than like do something truly with it. And I think like I think there's more to your game, like, you know, maybe be a little more aggressive. But I, I think he's I think part of that is just a lack of experience still being relatively new within this system and within what they want him to do and maybe not feeling like he's trusted not that they don't trust him but like to feel empowerment when you're just a role player that's tough that's a tough thing for a lot of guys to feel they talk about that a lot and and i would i just wonder if there's just that i don't think i'm allowed to do that yet right that last hurdle right there yeah exactly yeah like he's encouraged to shoot so much but am i encouraged to be that playmaker quite to that level i don't know yet there's a big difference between having the green light on a catch and shoot and having the green light to attack a closeout get into the middle of the floor swing the ball all that right like it's just not the same the craziest thing about max and i think this is maybe why his game has translated so well as he's sort of grown through the league is that like he's used to being the guy wherever he is when he was at lewis university a d2 school right Right. he's the guy and that's how he gets to killing then right like i I wish i wish that i could go back and see those games because they must have been unbelievable and again he's talked about it he was like yeah i knew i was kind of too good to be out there and so then he gets to depaul and expects it to be difficult and then he's the guy again there right you know and, and so he's comfortable sort of being in that position to do a lot of different things and being tasked with being one of the best players on a team. So when you get to be the role player, I just think that he's been so comfortable stepping into it. And man, last game, like we did see some of the passing and the playmaking. There were flashes of it. There was one pass specifically. I want to say it was to Dwayne Dedman in the paint, but there was a pass from the, from the top of the key into the paint that was amazing from him. But all right. Does he look more like a member of the cast of new girl? or like the star of a Disney Channel original movie about rival high school basketball teams where he's the antagonist and Duncan Robinson is the protagonist. See, I feel like to picture him, I really need to see him like smacking some gum, you know, like a a hard gum chewer. (laughs) Yeah. If I saw that, I'd probably go towards the latter. The but latter. I think I, I'm also like right in the middle of a new girl rewatch. I like kind of cycle through shows. To, yeah. yeah. I think I'm in I'm like halfway through season four or something like that. Um, I'm going to go with new girl right now. Like he could definitely be like Jess's new boyfriend yeah, or something like that. For or like sure. a, a, a bar rival of, of Nick or something like. Oh, yeah, man, I'm, that'd be yeah. great. A bar. You're right. A bar rival yeah. of Nick would have been perfect. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. I'm glad I'm glad I got the answer from you. I'm glad I was uh, stopped for a second to be able to ask last sort of heat specific question before we do any sort of previewing of of teams elsewhere this heat rotation now it's it's still complicated if Kyle Lowry is healthy and this is the thing I've sort of not 
not been worried about, but the thing that's been funny through winning these first two series is that the only thing the Heat haven't been able to do is win when they're completely healthy. Like they went yeah. 0-4 when they were completely healthy and trying to play Victor Oladipo in the rotation in the regular season. And then they took him out of the rotation and they started winning. Right. And then by necessity, Victor Oladipo had to re-enter the rotation with Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry out. That also removed Duncan Robinson. Now you're seeing Duncan and Caleb and Vic, but without Kyle Lowry. Right. So should Kyle Lowry be healthy what's your view on this rotation? Should they be handling things based off of the matchup or should they go based off of sort of what complements their most crucial pieces? I, it's I know it's complicated. Because, yeah, it's tough because there is a philosophy that you should not bend to what other teams do, right? right? Once you make the adjustment to what another team is doing, they kind of feel like they got you. And probably most of the time that's true. Mm-hmm. I do think... Man, I like I, I think that they should be sinking into what they do sure. with the like option to to diversify or adapt or whatever like that. Like that should always be there. You don't want to be stubborn. You don't want to be Mike Budenholzer in 2019 and 2020. Right. For like real, you, don't right? Wanna, you don't want that. Um, but but yeah, like I man, I think Gabe Vincent's so important to them. I don't really trust Caleb Martin when he's dribbling the ball, but you know, I think other stuff he does is really important. Um, and it's just going to sound like I've just been shitting on Victor Oladipo. Like I want, I want Vic to be back to being Vic or even just being a, a nice role player, but it just seems so off when he's out there. Like I, and, and this is only if Kyle Lowry is healthy, right? If Kyle's healthy, right. then, then, you know, there is really no need for him. I'd have Gabe Vincent as the backup. I'd have, you know, Caleb Martin as a, maybe a fifth wing to throw out there or sixth wing in the rotation or, you know, however deep that's going to go. Um, but yeah, like Lowry's health will probably determine just how complicated that decision is for, for Spo because look, Lowry, even if he's not a hundred percent, he's going to want to play. Like he wants yep. to play, I'm sure right now. And, you have to be able to say, look, you, you're actually hurting us right now. We believe in you, but you're hurting it. Like, we need you healthy. We can't have you with a leg injury where you're not moving well. Like, and I think that makes it so tough. And especially, like, we, you can see with Spo. Spo loves him some veterans. Yep. He, like, he'll trust oh, them, yeah. power young guys mm-hmm. and everything, but he gets a chance to play a veteran. He loves hey, him that's some that's the veterans. Pat Riley special, too, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, he, yes. he was drafting four-year kids out of college when everybody exactly. else was drafting one and done. Or like just he, like, here, you can have our pick. We don't want it. Like, right, yeah, yeah we don't kids. need it. Like, we'll yeah. just get another veteran. So, yeah, that's that's sort of been the Heat mentality forever. And yeah. it's going to be fascinating to see the way it works because it is. It's a redundance of skills is all yeah. it is. It's it's There's almost too many players that can play the same role on this roster. Right. And so when you have literally 11 players who you would be comfortable playing in the playoffs and they haven't actually really had to reduce the rotation because when they haven't and it's been all 11 healthy they've just lost and when (laughs) and when they have based off of injuries then they've won so maybe there's sort of silver linings and blessings in disguise in in Lowry missing a game here or there and other guys getting their run but I, I think you're right like if Lowry comes back it probably would be Victor Oladipo who has a reduction of minutes. We can all debate whether yeah. or not that's the right decision, who's the right decision, what's the right... And who knows? Eric Spolstra started last game with his own defense out of nowhere, so right. he's going to pull things out of his hat all the time that surprise us. I just would rather have Vic as a break glass in case of emergency option, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he's the guy that, that makes the most sense as that compared to anybody else on your bench exactly. as well. He's yeah. he's the one that makes the most sense to say, all right, man, go do your thing when that's we where need the it veteran, for a spurt. The veteran mm-hmm. experience, that's where it makes the most sense of like, look, we trust that you can just plug in in this dire moment and give us yep. a three-minute boost or whatever. Exactly. Well, all right. So we've talked for like a half hour here about basketball. And, and the question that I actually want to go back to is all the way back to the beginning, back to your childhood. Oh, okay. How did you originally come to love the sport? Did you play as a kid? Did you know yeah. you wanted to cover it from a young age? Was Were there dreams of being an NBA player as a kid? There were definitely dreams of being an NBA player. So part of the problem is like I was the tallest kid in my class until like eighth grade. Oh, so you got so to I, have I, those dreams as a young kid. I've been six feet tall since I was like 13 oh, or cow. whatever that is. But like never grew past that. Like, they, oh. you know, doctors telling me, oh, yeah, you'd be like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, something like that. And yeah. I just, that, uh, that next growth spurt never came. <laughs> and so quickly, like, you're like, Oh, this you're not, and even so, like six six is not that tall compared to like NBA players, right? But, but like there. as a child, like I'm like, oh, shit, it's six six, <laughs> like, uh, Michael Jordan six six, like oh yeah, my god, yeah. like how cool, like six six from North Carolina, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. so no, like I just I've always loved it. Like I, I've always gravitated towards watching it. Like I drive you know drive by a park and see three people shooting around i'm like judging what the shooting form is of just three random that. strangers and everything like yeah like i've just been obsessed with it as long as i can remember and then sometime in my teenage years i was like ah, oh, yeah i'm probably not an nba player like that's not mm. gonna happen and then and then from there like and, and a lot of this was influenced by like the the dan patrick sports center like back in the 90s and Stuart scott and all of it but like oh yeah realizing then like oh i would love to talk about this like I love basketball so much. I'm talking about it with my friends all the time. And then and also like part of that is like thinking that you know more than everybody else, right? Yep. Like I knew more yeah. than all my friends because they weren't as obsessed about it. So I'm like, oh, I know everything about basketball. And then oh you get gosh, early yeah. into this business. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I got to learn. Like the, fir- the first time I talked to a like a pro scout as part of this job, I was like, this is a foreign language and I understand all these words. Like I like it was just it's a different experience. And yeah, I've just always I've been always been obsessed with learning more about basketball. See, that's really cool to me that that the ability to know, all right, I don't know as much as everybody else at mm-hmm. this point. So let me learn more because yeah. that can be tough from an ego standpoint, especially once you've entered the business. It's so sure. easy to yeah. try to fake it like yeah. I I'm sitting here constantly sort of acknowledging where my strengths and weaknesses are as I'm covering three different sports, right? Like yeah. I know that I know more. I'm sitting here wearing a baseball shirt. I know right. that baseball is the strength. Yeah. I know that I know more about basketball than I know hockey. And yeah. I'm trying my best to kind of keep up on all of them the best yeah. way that I can. And I think that authenticity is is important and, and natural uh, to be able to make you do a better job at this but i also man those 90s uh sports center guys i remember oh man it was i think legendary. i've i yeah. think i've told a, a i think i've told the story on this podcast before but when i was a little kid just to show the type of nerd that i was i i was born in, in like the mid 90s so uh i was at a summer day camp and we had what look looking back was like probably teenagers as counselors but i was yeah. like eight or nine years old and right. it was a rainy day so we're playing like trivia inside and so just to like we were all answering questions we've been in there for two hours so these kids started to just try to pull things out of nowhere and they're like all right um we want you guys to try to name five sports center anchors and it was like and it was like you know thinking these are eight and nine year olds that's going to take them 20 minutes we're good and i just raised my hand and started going Stuart scott dan patrick scott van pelt linda cone like i just started (laughs) and 
these guys looked at me like I I thought I'd done something wrong. Right. And they looked at me like, you are a weirdo for knowing all this. (laughs) Like you're eight years old. But it was that level of obsession with sports and and kind of realizing like, oh, at least and maybe subconsciously, because I thought, you know, I'm going to be a major league baseball player, you know, but subconsciously realizing, oh, maybe that's the way to sort of be doing this. But something else that intrigues me about your career is sort of your ability to wear all these different hats, right? Like to do all the different things you're doing in different places. And, it's funny, like in the industry now, we're seeing it more than I think we used to where people are doing this for this company and this for right. that company. And you're someone who I think has been doing that like for a while now. Was yeah. that by design? Did you sort of feel like, do you now feel like ahead of the curve? Did you did you see where this was headed and do that consciously? How did this kind of happen? What's funny is I've always felt like behind the curve because I kind of started huh. late, right? Like I... I didn't go. I've never taken a journalism class in my life. I dropped out of college. Like I was just working retail, and then I worked for an appellate court, and then decided like, hey, I want to write. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I like just said I want to. Hey, I think I can write. I, you know, I like reading about this stuff. I think I can write. It's amazing. Um, I'm gonna create a website and all this stuff. And and I think so. When did that happen? I was. 25 i think and a lot sure. of people like get started like 17 18 19 now right and so like i always i've always felt like kind of behind that but i've been lucky enough that i've got some really good relationships with some veteran like excellent media members and mm. a lot of them have always been like hey you're gonna want to learn how to do this and you should try to like diversify like your you know, you want to like get as many revenue streams as possible. Sure. It's great if one place will pay you to do everything, but then if that place doesn't want to pay you anymore, you don't have any more revenue. Streams, right. right. Like that's, that's just kind of how it goes. And so, and so, yeah, like some of it is, you know, I never really thought about doing radio, but I've been podcasting since 2008 or 2009. Right. Like, so in that, in that sense, like I was ahead of the curve, like getting in on podcast, even then though, I, I was, I was, listening to the basketball Jones who are now, you know, no dunks like yeah, yeah. Jay Skeets and Tass Mellis and those guys. Like I was listening to them as I was working in my appellate court job. Like I would listen to them every morning and stuff and thinking like, man, I'd really liked like, this is a good platform. Right. So even then I felt behind the curve with that, but I never thought like podcasting would turn into radio. I never thought podcasting would turn into like getting to be on videos when I was working for CBS sports and stuff like, yeah, like it's a lot of this stuff you kind of fall into, but it's, I think having a confidence in yourself that like, yeah, I can probably figure it out. And then when you really get in the business and I mean, this is going to sound horrible, but like you really get in the business and you see some of the people who are doing some of these things, you're like, no, I get it. I don't know about that. Like, I feel like, like I could do that. Right. Yeah. Like it, you, you've, I'm that sure there, I'm sure there's people right now sitting here listening to this podcast sure. that we're doing, thinking the same thing. Thinking, yeah, that yeah. like this dude doesn't know anything and all hey, this shit. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and I'm a very like, I'm a very competitive person, right? Like yep. I try to check it and stuff, but like if if it gets down to like competition, I'm a very competitive person, but I've tried to use that, I don't know, envy, jealousy, whatever you want to call it. Like some people use it as tearing down the people who have it. And I've always, not always, I've learned to use it as like, okay, so that's what I need to get to, right? That's like great. that's what I need to target. That's in terms of like that job, that opportunity, whatever. And that's a tough thing to like keep in check when you're a competitive person. That's tremendous advice to any young yeah. people. If if anyone young who's trying to get into this industry is listening, like that's that's it right there because yeah. it, it is so easy and especially like 
kids right now being raised with even more social media where everything is a competition like from a yeah. young age in terms of showing everything off and and Mine everything like that like yeah that and that's yeah. kind of where we exist in like a little bit in the digital space yeah. whether it's podcasting or anything else so being able to use pe- people aspirationally as opposed to trying to yeah. bring them down is because it's is important because man it's toxic right like you get yeah. caught into this and I, like look, i talk a lot of don't get me wrong like i talk, <laughs> I talk a lot of just in life because i it's fun to me like i don't take a lot of that personally i I think it's hilarious to go back and forth with someone um but i've also recognized like not everyone feels that way some people really take that to heart they'll you know i've i've always got the motto of like i've got a a, you know sorry for this language like i gotta off chambered at all times no matter what the situation like i have a off chambered at all times ready to fly and not everyone is like cool with hearing that and not even like i'm gonna fight you away just like it hurts people's feelings sometimes and you gotta keep keep that Mm -hmm. mentality in check but but yeah, like it, it can get very toxic. It is extremely competitive as a field. Sure. And oh, yeah. so it's easy to get sucked into like that person sucks. They're not like, oh, if I had their job and instead of like thinking if I had their job, I think, how do I get a job like that? Love right? that. So not like Love taking that. their job. Like I remember this was at like all star weekend in New York and was that 2015 and I was talking to someone and I had like a couple of cool opportunities coming up. And this person is a weird person in general, but he was like, I like, he's like, how's things going? How's work and everything? And I saw, so I was like, you know, I think I've got this opportunity that's about to come. I've got this like radio thing that might happen. And they just, their response was, I should have those jobs. No way. And I'm like, what? No They're way. Like, yeah, I should have, I should be doing your work. What? And I was just like, all right, man, I'll, t- I'll talk to you later. Like, but it was such a weird thing. Not that's like such a strange interaction. It's, it was like, there was no filter, right? That's impossible. And it's just, that's crazy. It was so weird that I remember it seven <laughs> yeah. years later, like it was yesterday. And so and I was just like, and I remember thinking, I think that was probably one of the moments where I was like, this has to be inspirational and aspirational rather than like toxic. Let me take that from you kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's huge in this industry and I think any other as well, yeah. right? Like to be able to to just just have goals that you set for yourself and yeah. and even the way we just talked about, I mean, we can compare sports to life here again, but like the way we talked about the heat's rotations, right? Yeah, you do absolutely. what's best for you, not necessarily adjusting to somebody else. So, it's kind of a similar message there. Um and, and that's no. it, one quick one quick thing like yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. what I've always like I've thought a lot about this because doing a lot of podcasts over the years and doing a lot of podcasts like with people and like the goal can never be i need to shine on this podcast the goal has always got to be this podcast has to be good yes. right like if the, like you look wow. at Goodness you look at but look at like levitard yeah. show right look at the levitard show there are there's a star everyone is a star on that show but it's good when they all work together because the show is good and so like it can be a billy episode it can be a cody episode it can be a smetty episode it can be any of those right um, but it's good when it all works together. And so like I've tried to like keep that in mind of like, look, I may suck on an episode, but if the episode's really good, that's all that matters. Right. Like it's just gotta be the product. It's the cohesion of it. Hey, it's the the Miami Heat of podcasts. Exactly. We'll yeah. Absolutely. Miami Might Heat not mentality. Be flashy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Miami heat culture heat. for podcasts. <laughs> heat culture for podcasts. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh speaking of one of your podcasts, Cinephobe, you, Amin El Hassan, Anthony Mays, review movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, try to ascertain yeah. Whether or not those movies are accurately poorly rated or maybe just didn't get a fair shake. Uh, with that podcast, number one, well, I have I have two parts of this, but I, I do want to know sort of the origins there of what made you believe people want to hear about these bad movies. Because it's a hit and I love yeah. it. And Thank it's you. fun. No, it's great. And I just think that the idea is tremendous. 
It's the mo- it's literally the most fun. I, I like. I love my job. I love my career. It's the most fun I have every week. Is like recording, that. like doing those episodes and everything. Um, it's funny. Like a me. So me and I have known each other for, I guess, about a decade now. Um, maybe like maybe a little less. And and once we started like to like like know know each other more than just like you know oh here's a yeah. an acquaintance kind of thing. Um, it would just be these random things either through Twitter or text messaging of just like he's on the road he gets into a hotel room and like tin cup is on and he's like this movie sucks <laughs> i'm like no man tin cup's a great golf movie a great movie like this and and just discuss it and we would always let it we would like let each other know so often like i'm watching national treasure or oh, cool. you know drill bit taylor came on or something or like oh, swordfish man. or whatever and You're so some good good ones away here <laughs> yeah so what's funny is like you know we get for people who don't like us they're like oh you just rip off how did this get made and what's funny about that is like, so I've listened to how this get made for, for years. And, and since we started doing this, uh, this podcast, I've kind of cut that out of my rotation because like I'm someone, I don't read a lot about basketball because I'm terrified of something getting stuck in the back of my brain. taking a take. Yes. And then, yeah. and then like, and then I like three weeks later, I'm like, Oh, I had this idea and not realizing where it came from and everything. Like I'm terrified of that. So I don't, unless it's like a good story about something like I don't read a lot of basketball analysis. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for me um, because I'm terrified of that. And so huh. I didn't want that to become our show with how did this get made. But as me. So we finally decide like we're going to do this podcast because we've just been texting each other this podcast for yeah. years. Yeah. And and so as we're like trying to find ways to like how like what would the structure be? What would we do? All this stuff. And and I'm very aware of like, look, it can't be ripping off. How did this get made? Like, it's gotta yeah. be, it's gotta be different. Like it's gotta, it's gotta be different enough. You know, they go through th- certain things. What if we went through the whole movie? Like, right. Like, like, right. What if, like just kind of like trying to do things well enough to where it's just another movie podcast, not a movie podcast like this podcast. Sure. Right? Sure. And I think for the most part we pull that off, but I can see, I can still see the similarities. And then about like, probably like four months into like really hammering this out with the mean, he's like, did you know there's this podcast? How did this get made? Like he was completely unaware, right? So like That's so much hilarious. of this is, is organic with because Amin's great with coming up with ideas and all this stuff, right? And so he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm thinking about listening to, and I'm like, don't, don't do it. like, I was like, trust me, like I know this podcast, like I'm making sure that it's as different as possible with like the ideas that you want, the ideas I want, and everything. How but funny. I just I love bad movies. They are yeah. fascinating to me because I like watching a bad movie and thinking this horrible scene just now was the best take they got oh what what else happened what happened on the cutting room floor how did they get to this point how is this like that's where my mind goes in this and i just love enjoying those awkward horrible moments and so yeah we've just harnessed this and then maze came along and ended up being our producer and within like a couple episodes we're like oh shit you're more than just like the dude recording and cutting this together you're actually really funny and you're really good you've got great ideas and tremendous it's just grown into something like i'm really proud of as as you should be uh, a recommendation going forward at some point the bench warmers uh in all oh, it's classic. definitely it's definitely it's, on the list for oh sports my god for sure. An, yeah. incredible incredible movie yeah. um i wanted I, because i want to get you out of here i'm not going to focus on your nick cage obsession uh, uh, i mean despite, we can do whatever yeah. i'm not i'm not going to do it because i want to right. get you out of here but i just need everyone to know that there is no greater nick cage super fan than zach harper right here uh especially after who i considered a dear friend that fraud mike ryan <laughs> when we were on the mystery crate last yeah. week yeah. and he decided to say that the unbearable weight of massive talent nick cage's new hit movie was not a good movie and he phobed it and i'll never forgive him for that never 
your energy genuinely seemed like like a family member stabbing yeah. you in the back yeah. like ripping I mean, away millions of dollars in a will or something yeah, like that like it was that the, level of betrayal in the previous week was when amin realized like i'm really like this with cage <laughs> movies because there's a like the opening scene in that movie he goes to the chateau marmont which is like this famous landmark in hollywood yeah. but he goes there for like a meeting or whatever i was getting tacos across the street from it took a picture was like yo i'm on the tour or whatever and he's like what the hell like you, you've got a <laughs> you're problem. really this way yeah and i'm like yo this is real i this love is me gage he's a great actor as you he should bad he just has bad movies well i'm i'm so i to be perfectly honest I wasn't necessarily planning to see the unbearable weight of massive talent. And then based off of what happened on mystery crate, I'm Mm -hmm. now I'm planning to see it at some point. I don't know if I'm going to watch it at home or in the theater or whatever. I will say it's very funny at the, there's like a local small theater nearby. uh, And they have like, you know, the traditional, the old school outside, they change the letters of what the movies are and everything. It just says the Nick Cage movie. Which makes me so happy. I'll try to take a picture and, and yes, tweet it at you if it's still up perfect. there. I hope it yeah. is. I hope it's still there because now it's a Friday. But all yeah. right, uh, let's let's do just a quick basketball ending here before I yeah. let you go. Um, if the Bucks were to close it out, we're talking that way. The Bucks close things out. They take care of Boston, and it's a Heat and Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. The the end of a trilogy here yeah. of the last three years, right? A pretty crazy one. Let's talk about the problems that Milwaukee would present Miami in a potential Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, it's like Giannis is just an issue, right? And and Giannis, yeah. like, look, they've got Bam, they've got PJ, they've got Jimmy, they got a lot of people who can guard him. You know who else has a lot of people who can guard him? The Celtics. Yeah. And their options are just as good. Right. They really are. Like, that's not a knock on anyone. Like, this just, they had the best no, they defense have great in the league this year. Too. Yeah. Yeah, for a reason. And um, it's just hard. Like, he is a battering ram. Mm-hmm. It's just a constant Bat, you know bashing of the door waiting for it to get off the hinges and so like that's a big issue they've got good enough shooters around him um uh, the key will be if chris middleton can come back like chris middleton is amazing and if he can get back by like game three or game four and be i don't know like arbitrary like 80 yeah 85 percent of what himself. he can be yeah if he can be somewhere in that range like that just adds even more problems uh, it, it's a lot but the the bucks still do because they're so in you know they're so hyper focused on protecting the paint they're better about it than where what they were you know a couple of years ago when they lost to the Miami in the bubble but they still give up a lot of three point shots and a lot of open three point shots and Miami assuming that they can even shoot on the road which for some right. reason is a, is a problem now but assuming they can shoot on the road like that Miami is the type of team that would take advantage of that defensive system and so because they're healthier now because they're more cohesive because of the PJ Tucker factor and everything because they have someone like Max Struess in, in the rotation mm-hmm. like I do think the Heat are in a a position to have it be more like 2020 than like 2021 but you're probably looking at six or seven game series and just like an absolute battle on the court you gave me the full the good uh pull quote though expect to be more like 2020 than 2021 i got you yeah there we go there We're perfect for social media so i there appreciate yeah. that thank you for doing my job for me yeah uh when, when it comes to this team honestly i'm more scared of brooke lopez than anybody he's a he's the scariest thing that's ever existed and made bam struggle so much last yeah. year that it, it that's the hurdle i think for everybody sort of mentally but obviously yeah. chris middleton is a huge factor in, in getting him back I will say also, this is just a moment if the Celtics were yeah. to to ultimately win the series, right? Were to ultimately come back and win in seven. 
similar sort of set of problems in the Jason Tatum? Or is that a bit of an easier matchup for Miami because it's closer to what they've done defensively so far? Yeah, I think it is easier. Um, It's like I think they have the personnel to keep up with both Tatum and Brown. Yeah. And so then it's like, is this Al Horford against Milwaukee going to be the Al Horford against the Heat? Like that's a huge factor. Robert Williams III, how healthy he is and if he can play – because he does change their defense and he changes their offense actually quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, the idea of Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry going against each other for seven games is hilarious to me. Like oh that, it's just, just going to be, <laughs> be one of the so many matchups. physical games of three card Monty basketball version. Yes. Like it's just going to be one grift after another <laughs> on those ends. And so, um, like I like the Heat. I like the Heat's chances a lot better against the Celtics. But sure. again, that's a. I mean, that's a really good Celtics team. That's not. That's not the same team that was in 2020. Well, that's that's what's cool too. Is like no matter who the opponent is for Miami, it, it's kind of a cool matchup. Whether it's the trilogy. Yeah with Milwaukee or it's going back to those Eastern Conference Finals again two years later against Boston. Um, So I will leave it here with you. A prediction on how this season ends for Miami. Does it end in the Eastern Conference Finals? Does it end with a finals loss? Or or does this Heat team win it all based off where we're at right now? I'm going to say... Remember your audience. (laughs) Well, I'm just trying to figure out which team they're going to beat in the finals. Hey, here we go. How about this? You've got your rubber match, your 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 trilogy. Okay. What about, what about let's get nuts? What about a Mavs Heat trilogy? Let's do it. Luca, like, like, there's something like I had. I had Izzy Gutierrez on here before the yeah. playoffs started, and he said, "Hey, what if what if we got a Heat Mavs matchup? How fun would that be?" I the love trilogy. Izzy. I, I, I love like where Izzy's head is. That's yes, great. absolutely. Like, I just there's something weird about this Mavericks team, and maybe they'll get killed oh, in, in Game Seven in Phoenix, right? Like, they, the odds are not in their favor in that, but there's just something amazing. weird about them. And look, the Warriors may be fine, but they played horribly in Games Four it's and very Games weird. Five. Uh, they're lucky to win game four. Like they, they should be down three, two in the series. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, like I, I, I don't know. Let's get nuts. Like I'm not impressed with I anybody. Like it. Chris Paul's been terrible the last three games. Like there's just so much weirdness. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's get a trilogy with, with Mavs heat, heat, Mavs, uh, heat and six, <laughs> heat and six over the Mavs. Let's and see the last it. four games. Max Struess shoots 60 free throws. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. <laughs> 